Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 12th of August, 2022. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. And from there, you can go to many venues where the episodes can be heard. Well, it looks like the uh, Progress MS-20 spacecraft fired its engines this morning uh, to reboost the ISS orbit. The burn lasted 2 minutes and 45 seconds, and it actually changed the uh, ISS velocity a little bit. Also, after that, the ISS deployed some CubeSats, and these were deployed from a deploying unit, a deployer, on the ISS's Japanese robot arm. So that was done also this morning. This from spacenews.com looks like the Army is looking at new ways to use space technology for unconventional warfare. Any of these articles I'm talking about today can be found in their entirety on my Twitter feed. And that Twitter feed address is twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta, M-I-K-E underscore C-O-L-E-T-T-A. And you can read uh, the articles in the entirety. I just kind of give you a uh, brief overview of the articles. But the whole article is there uh, linked for your reading pleasure. It says, uh, Army officials said space and cyber technologies should be used in support of special operations and information warfare. Huntsville, Alabama, the U.S. Army's land forces for decades have relied on satellites for communications, navigation, and early warning of missile attack. But the Army now wants to figure out other ways to use space technologies for non-traditional military operations such as cyber and information war. I guess, uh, let's see, it says the Army leaders had a panel discussion at the Space and Missile Defense Symposium uh, where they talked about uh, such things. But, uh, yeah, a lot of information in that article uh, mentions who was involved with the talks, what they talked about, and um, what they would like to do and, and uh, see that they have a growing role of space in land combat, they say. So, uh, And then some of the companies they mention here in this article that are going to be involved, possibly, that could help them out, of course, so uh, contract out. So uh, pretty interesting article if you'd like to go check it out. Wow, what a super heavy article about SpaceX Starship by Sarah Scholes. Uh, it's a must-read pretty much for anyone involved, uh, a fan of SpaceX and the Starship, even if you're not a fan, and NASA too. Why? This is a quote in the article. And all the NASA centers should be thinking really carefully. Hmm. I'll tell you, Sarah did an excellent job, uh, and I would definitely go to um, – my Twitter feed and find that link to the article or just go to Sarah's Twitter handle and she's at at Scholes Sarah. It's a, at S-C-O-L-E-S-S-A-R-A-H, Scholes Sarah on Twitter. And she has a link to her article that she wrote. She's been writing articles on space and science for a long time. Really, uh, She did one on me actually, really cool. I met her, she's a really, really cool person. 
Um, she's a very good writer. And I'll tell you what, she did a detailed article um, explaining Starship, SpaceX uh, Starship. You know, what it can be done, what they're touting it to be able to do, but how much more that it could that it could do. This article, I'll tell you, it's for all space enthusiasts. This is a must-read article, and I'm not kidding. I read it, and I just did a, a, a capital letter, letter wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and basically uh, science, science is really interested in, uh, and scientists are really interested in the SpaceX Starship more than I think um, we're hearing about in the media. All we're hearing about, and I was going to talk about this later, but I'll talk about it now. Starship and the Super Heavy have been doing a lot of uh, testing this week uh, at uh, the uh, place in Texas uh, where they do it, Starbase there in Texas. Uh, Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX has really been busy. People have been monitoring it like crazy, sharing many uh, videos and still shots of them firing their engines, both Starship and the, and the Super Heavy, the big one. Um, they're not firing all the engines, and I do have some links on some of the videos that you can check, check it out. But they did some long-duration uh, testing also on some of the rockets that they're firing and testing and doing spin-ups and a whole bit. But, the, I mean, the, right now the focus is on, because, you know, Starship's not in, in service right now. You know, it's a, a future um, spacecraft envisioned, and hopefully it will work. But they're saying, hey, it could do more than just go to Moon and Mars. There's so much more that Starship can do. And this article talks about it. Sarah does an excellent job in talking about it. And NASA, pretty much they're kind of hinting that, hey, NASA might not be ready for all the things that Starship would be able to do. You know, NASA, you you need to, like they said, you should be rethinking really carefully. Great article. Go check it out. Check out the uh, the testing going on. Elon Musk is doing a super job. I'm telling you. Um, and I, I, I tried this week, tried to um, join another uh, Facebook group that had to do with space. Was it Space Hipsters? It's called Space Hipsters. I didn't last long because of all the um, the, the rules you've got to follow with these things. It's, you know, when you get certain people that admin some of these, these Facebook groups and other groups too, it kind of takes the fun out of it because, you know, I can post whatever I want pretty much. I mean, you know, about space and space uh, gap stuff on my Facebook page, and, and, I, and I do sometimes. But my main posting is done on Twitter for uh, Space Gap Podcast, and I can post all kinds of stuff. This group didn't want you. You could only self-promote one month, one day each month, and that's on the 30th of each month. You could only self-promote. There was people self-promoting all over the place, but they, they asked me, they go, you need to look at the rules. You know, you're not following. You did this. I go, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and and there was a bunch of other things. So I said, I didn't last long in that group. Uh-uh. It, it's, it's done by, I don't want to say, you know, well, I'm not going to categorize the kind of people that do it, but it's the same kind of people that are ruining NASA. Let me just put it that way, that are admitting, you know, some of these people are admitting this site. And and NASA, you know, it's on a downfall, basically. Someday, it might not be around unless it gets the right people in there and doesn't end up like a Disneyland or something like that, where they just kind of like go off on la-la land. NASA needs to focus. You know, you don't have graybeards anymore, pretty much. Like, you know, I, we've talked about the graybeards in the past in the space race, and the space program, space industry. Now, and, and it's great. I mean, 
SpaceX has had a lot of young people, and I talked about when SpaceX was first starting, how I was involved. I was there before SpaceX started, and then when they started, I was amazed at all these young people and with these fresh minds and everything. Well, a lot of times you have in these groups, they might work for NASA, and this is one admin I'm talking about does, but um, I don't think they're a good fit, and that's why NASA needs to relook and a lot of things, and and Sarah is not talking about that in this article. She's talking about them, you know, should be thinking really carefully about the future, like the SpaceX stuff, Starship, because NASA, you know, could become obsolete. Yes, it could. Someday it could become obsolete because you really don't need a NASA anymore to get to space. Just look at SpaceX. NASA's there for certain things, but NASA's not really needed anymore, are they? And I think if they're going to be be staying around they need to get with the program and and this article is kind of talking about one aspect of that program so um we'll see but yeah good job sarah schools great article go check it out the link is on my twitter feed or on her twitter feed hey did you see that full moon last night wow really cool yeah i did share uh some photos of the full moon up close and personal and uh a nice shot over my pond went out there i couldn't see it when it was first coming up uh, we have a lot of trees in this woods um that are to our east where the moon was coming up and so i had to wait a little while before the moon could uh you know came above the trees but still i got some a nice shot really nice um of the reflection of the lights off the pond and the reflection of the moon off the pond and the moon in the background coming up uh, above the trees, so if you got to see it out, yeah, I was watching last night. I watched the uh, what is it, the uh, Field of Dreams baseball game, uh, Chicago Cubs against the Cincinnati Reds. Really good game. I love baseball. I grew up playing baseball. Grew up playing uh, fishing, uh, all that. So you know, fishing and baseball. You know, <laughs> so it's it's awesome. Uh, I I don't do baseball anymore except I watch it. I did do it in little league. I did do it in high school. Um, and now I fish. Now I fish. I'm an old old fisherman, an old man fisherman. <laughs> but um, nice shot. I shared a lot with our community uh, Facebook page, and I've got. I've actually. It's really cool because I've been sharing a lot of space related stuff with the community where I live on their Facebook group, and um, it's got more people interested. People are actually looking. Up at night, uh, looking at the moon last night, they're look, I'm telling them about the ISS passes, and people are sharing and looking out there at the ISS passes, uh, meteor showers, things like that. So it's neat that I can um, share that and get them interested in space. Now, I haven't told them about the podcast yet, although some have found it and asked me about it and talked to me about it. But I haven't posted that kind of stuff yet. Um, oh, speaking of the podcast, number 13, we went down one. We were number 12 for the last two weeks. On uh, Feedspot's um, top 50 space podcast, now I'm Space Gap Podcast is number 13 out of the top 50. But hey, that's still really good. Thanks for everybody who's listening to the Space Gap Podcast. Another one from Space News. FCC considers new rules for emerging space capabilities. Inquiry into updating rules around space debris and emerging on-orbit services seek to position the U.S. as a leader in an emerging space economy. The Federal Communications Commission voted August 5th to explore the economic potential and policy questions relating to an in-space servicing assembly and manufacturing capabilities. 
Quote, we believe the new space age needs new rules, FCC Chair Jessica Rosenworcel said in a statement, because the regulatory frameworks we rely on to shape space policy were largely built for another error. Huh. Well, um, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> so, article there, not a real long article, but, um, you know, FCC sometimes has trouble enforcing their rules on Earth. And now they're going to step up to space. Um, good luck. Hey, Harp is having an open house. Harp, conspiracies, theorists, nightmare. Well, hey, you got a chance to go check it out. Looks like they're going to be having an open house on Saturday, August 27th of this year. There's lots to see about this important science facility. Now's your chance. Go check it out. Um, you know, sometimes I used to actually have HARP uh, communications. I actually, um, they would fire up the transmitters sometimes during the open houses or, you know, right around that time. I haven't seen anything about that this time. But open house, uh, they're going to uh, provide information for you to check it out. And you can actually see the HARP array yourself. So I know a lot of people would love it. They sure talk about it every day. You can see harp this, harp that, harp being blamed for just about everything. <laughs> so, and, and most of the time it's not even turned on, and that's a fact. Um, I've talked about harp in the past and how we used to uh, take part in their uh, active um, firing of their transmitters, and they would invite you to do it, and I shared it, and I, I posted uh, my findings all the time. Really enjoyed it. But I've never been there. But um, Harp, blamed for so much that it's not responsible for. Open house. Spaceflight's chemically powered space tug heads for launch. This is spacenews.com. Spaceflight shipped its Sherpa LTC-2 orbital transfer vehicle, OTV, August 10th to Cape Canaveral in Florida, where it will make a second attempt to debut the chemically powered space tug on a SpaceX launch. Their first attempt, um, and this Shepra LTC uh, space tug, it has powerful thrusters, uh, more powerful thrusters than a lot of the uh, space tugs, and it can be used for dropping off satellites in specific orbits and, and faster than other tugs. But um, it de developed a leak in propellant in December when it was supposed to be launched first, and uh, SpaceX had to drop it off the uh, the rideshare mission. And um, now it's going to try a second attempt, so uh, we'll be watching to see how this one goes. Aerospace is developing a low-cost optical ground network. The Aerospace Corporation is developing a network of remotely operated optical communications terminals to support existing and future small satellite missions. To date, much of the optical communications research and development has been focused on reducing the size and cost of the space-based terminals in order to make optical communications operational. It's also important to develop a cost-effective ground infrastructure, uh, they say. Aerospace, it's federally funded, and uh, it focuses on space. Demonstrated laser tech communications in 2018 with two optical communications satellite demonstration CubeSats. So um, they're continuing. They're planning on building this 
um, ground network. Be pretty interesting to see, um, you know, for COM because they rely so much on uh, RF uh, for COM, and um, having uh, this type of communication going up to these satellites. Very interesting stuff. I think um, you're going to see a lot more of this in the future. But uh, a link to the whole article is on my Twitter feed. Pretty interesting. Tracking debris and space traffic, a growing challenge for U.S. military. This one also from Space News. When U.S. Space Command was established in 2019, the unit responsible for monitoring space traffic was tracking about 25,000 pieces of debris in orbit. Three years later, that number has risen to over 47,000, quote, and it keeps increasing, end quote. The head of U.S. Space Command says uh, at a Space and Missile Defense Symposium, quote, if you think about the resources it takes to keep track of all that stuff in orbit, it is very difficult, end quote, he said. Adding to the workload of the 18th Space Defense Squadron is the rapidly increasing pace of satellite deployments by nations and commercial companies. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is a good article. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it says these operators at Vandenberg also have to keep an eye on hostile activity and increasing challenges posed by our competitors. So a good article here. Um, so the military is saying, hey, we're having some issues. A lot of stuff up there in space. you got to do a lot of tracking. And that number just keeps on growing. Yeah, tracking things. Um, there's quite a few uh, modes of tracking um, out there. When I was still in the industry, um, it was one type. And then I remember we had a bunch of upgrades. And now I can only imagine... Uh, the kind of upgrades that they had to some of the systems um, that are used for tracking. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and with you, you've got many other companies putting things up in space. Everything is just it's increasing. And, the, the, you know, you got to think of the, the speed of some of these um, things they've got to track um, by some of our adversaries, you know, increasing speed, and which poses um, more problems tracking that, and they're talking about that, developing new things to track higher speed objects. Um, but just just the fact that there's way more objects and more objects going up there pretty much, you can pretty much say every day or every week at least uh, with all the launches. But yeah, military's finding some issues uh, doing it all. China just had its 31st launch, number 31 for 2022. Um, it put a uh, few satellites up there in orbit. Uh, some meteorological satellites, uh, they were successfully uh, placed with a CZ-6 Y-10 rocket. And i um, got a link on there. It actually has a video of the launch. Um, yeah, that's this is one nation that is really, like I say, every week kicking butt in the space, their space program. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, um, there's, and actually, I'll get right into that story real quick. Um, they actually did share some more video. Um, of their Shinzu 14 crew up at the uh, Tiangong uh, space station, um, and uh, as they always do, and this time they were they were doing some working out. They they say uh, it's like their little portable gym up there in uh, the space station. But uh, yeah, always sharing things, always launching things, and uh, actually, uh, there's another module getting ready for uh, deployment up to uh, the Tiangong Space Station, uh, the CSS. And uh, let's see, it's a, uh, let's see, Meng 
Mengtian, Mengtian, uh, it means Heaven Dream. It's a laboratory cabin module, and it recently arrived at their launch center. Uh, it's expected to be tested before being launched to the Tiangong Space Station by another Long March 5B, CZ-5B rocket in coming months, they say. And I do have a, a link, and you can see some of the photographs of this laboratory cabin module. Now, a laboratory module did uh, is the latest uh, module that was launched to the uh, CSS, and we talked about that on previous podcasts. But this is actually the laboratory cabin module. And you can see um, the size of this thing and what it looks like uh, as it's being uh, brought in to the launch facility on a truck. So if you'd like to go check it out, I do have a link to uh, that story. And SpaceX launched another 52 Starlinks on August 9th. I actually tried to see that uh, train this morning, but it was just too dim. Um, they went to the north of me over the pond there, and I looked, I looked, I looked, tried to get some photographs. Uh, I could watch it on my app, and they're all pretty much bunched together still. But the angle of reflection was just not wasn't uh, bright enough for me to uh, pick up with the naked eye or my little phone camera um, that uh, train of 52 Starlink satellites as it uh, went across the sky. Okay, also, uh, Russia has launched a Soyuz rocket with uh, an Iranian satellite and some CubeSats, and that was done also on uh, August 9th. And uh, let's see, China's space plane, we talked about that last week, uh, and we said how they were tracking radio signals from the uh, space plane. Well, apparently those radio signals had ceased. They can't hear any more radio signals coming from China's secretive space plane that's still in orbit, I guess. Uh, as I, far as I know, it's still in orbit, and they were kind of watching it and, and posting. Um, Andrew Jones was saying, yeah, it's still in orbit, and that was back uh, a ways. But, uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything posted on it recently. I'll have to go check it out. But, yeah, that's that's what we got on that so far. Let's see. Uh, this is also from Space News. At the Small Satellite Conference, Benchmark Space Systems unveiled a collision avoidance kit designed to help small satellites dodge debris and steer clear of other spacecraft. Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, Benchmark is taking orders for its COLA kit, it's called, which the company plans to begin shipping to customers in early 2023. The COLA kit is the size of two-unit uh, CubeSat. Uh, let's see. If It says, quote here, if you give me a two-unit uh, CubeSat in a ESPA class satellite, I can give you two to ten collision avoidance maneuvers for, and then it gives a price here. Interesting though, but um, let's see, Benchmark developed the COLA kit in response to demand from prime contractors that are equipping their spacecraft with electric propulsion systems, but still lacking the ability to maneuver quickly in response to conjunction alerts. Isn't that interesting? Um, so it's like a little add-on for your satellites to avoid uh, collisions. That's that's kind of cool. But yeah, I do have a uh, link to that entire article on my Twitter feed. Galactic Energy of China registered third consecutive successful launch. Uh, they let's see, energy. They maintained a 100% launch record uh, early Tuesday with its third 
uh, solid rocket launch. The four-stage rocket lifted off. Um, let's see, what did it do here? It's, it put uh, with three small satellites on board. And um, I'll tell you, these companies, you've got the Chinese companies, if we, as we've talked about in the past, um, even more uh, private companies, I don't know, well, I mean, maybe they're sponsored by, you know, I don't know if they're government-sponsored or what, but um, they're classified as, I guess, private companies in China, uh, gearing up also for launches, which makes, you know, more things you got to track up there. But, uh, yeah, there's a pretty good article on uh, this Galactic Energy uh, launch, their third consecutive launch. So if you'd like to go check that out. NASA is looking for a new launch of remaining Tropics CubeSats. NASA is investigating alternative ways to launch four Earth Science CubeSats after Astra discontinued the rocket originally contracted to launch them. Um, we know what happened with that. Uh, they lost. Uh, they were lost in a June 12th launch failure by um, their Rocket 3.3. So uh, Astra announced that it was canceling all remaining Rocket 3.3 launches to focus on the much larger Rocket 4. The Rocket 3 series of vehicles had reached orbital successfully on only two launches in seven attempts. So, uh, of course, you know, NASA is looking for a new launch of remaining Tropic CubeSats. Well, uh, that's what happens, you know. I mean, it's it's a shame. It's but like I always said, space is hard, and I'm not laughing. I'm well, I am, but I'm not laughing like a you know ha ha funny laugh. It's people don't want you to say space is hard, but it is. Space is hard. It looks so easy in the movies, but man, it takes a lot of money, and um, space is hard. <laughs> well, Northrop Grumman and Firefly have joined forces to provide an American-built first-stage upgrade for the Antares rocket and a new medium-launch vehicle to serve commercial, civil, and national security missions. Wow. Hey, want to go check that article out? I do have a link to that, uh, what they're calling exciting news. Well, India attempted to uh, launch a satellite into orbit and uh, unfortunately, um, they tweeted out here, let's see, India's space agency said uh, last Sunday, the inaugural demonstration flight of the country's new small satellite launch vehicle, the fourth rocket in India's fleet of launchers, it failed to place two satellites into their targeted low Earth orbit. It looked like um, everything was going well. I think it was the final stage that had some issues with it. But, um, yeah, they were, um, I know they lost communication and they weren't sure for a while. And then finally they did give an update and that they, uh, that they're, they failed to actually uh, get those satellites into orbit. So, um, that was, uh, you know, but they did extensively follow this on the internet. A lot of people were, you know, tweeting out and, uh, different, uh, phases that the rocket was going through and, and uh, all looked well until um, there was a loss of signal, and they kind of like went silent for a little bit. But then uh, they did announce that the the total launch uh, that, that that I think the final portion of the launch was what actually failed. Now, 
Have you ever heard of the CSA? It would be the Crypto Space Agency. This is a space agency. I guess it's this new startup. Is what I, you know? I was kind of looking looking it up and reading a little bit about it. Um, they actually did send somebody to space, and I remember talking about it, but I didn't really realize this was the the agency that sent this individual to space. S- space being um, with uh, you know the new Shepard, uh, Blue Origin, going to space. You know, it's that up and down type thing. But still, this. Crypto Space Agency came on board, I guess sponsored this individual, put them on the uh, Bezos uh, rocket, New Shepard, and they launched to space and then came back down. And uh, but now that I was reading a little bit about the company, and uh, you can go check it out. If you know they have a um, a crypto page, let's see, uh, Crypto uh, Space Age is their their Twitter handle, Crypto Space Age. Uh, the at sign crypto space age is their tweet where you can uh, hear and see their tweets but i was kind of reading about their about and not only are they going to be putting up another person into space and i'm guessing you know i'm maybe it's going to be um another blue origin launch i haven't looked into it that far yet but um they're also they have plans to get involved in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence seti so they want to get into that also. And also, asteroid impact mitigation. They want to get into that too. So that's kind of cool. Um, but you can go check them out, their Twitter feed, and they can go to their About page and all that. I guess, you know, and I'm not I'm not an aficionado by any means about this crypto stuff. Pretty much, I'm pretty much clueless, <laughs> to be honest, about crypto, um, crypto things. Uh, things, you know, crypto money, I guess, and things like this. But uh, these guys, they're 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 wanting to get into space. And the thing is, is um, to to get into space, space, it like it's not only hard, as I said, it's expensive. Space is hard, and space is expensive. And so maybe they have the funds to uh, to help out, uh, putting these people into space, and um, SETI, you know, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, and asteroid uh, collision mitigation. That's something, you know, that that is very important. You know, someday some asteroid might need some mitigation to miss Earth. And maybe these these are the the group that might help do that. I don't know. But it's nice that they're getting into it. Their Twitter uh, page is is very up-to-date. They have a lot of information on there um, that you can go check out. But uh, yeah, it's the Crypto Space Agency. You know, they they have a big website where they have a lot of um, about information, their Twitter feed and all this. They've got 16,000 followers on their Twitter feed. So you might want to go give them a give them a check out. Well, that's it. Until next time.